Hello and welcome everyone. This is Bill Fisher with the uh, commentary track for Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, episode 47. With uh, with me, as always, is the indubitable, I'm not sure that's a word, Jeffrey Bridges. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, Bill. He's the writer, in case you didn't know that. And then my assistant director is uh, Bruce Busby. Hello, Bruce. Howdy, howdy. And uh, here we are with episode 47, The Brainchild of Friedemann Freudenberg. Yes. How exciting. The Brainchild of Friedemann Freudenberg. Well, I just said that, that Seth. That was. She was following the beast deep into the heart. Of what was that, Bruce? That was a great flashy backy, I thought. Oh. He played so many parts, you know. He did. Pete, Pete did a, uh, an amazing job. I was really uh, cracking up at his different, his young Freudenberg and Grandpa Freudenberg voices. Those were quite entertaining. Yeah, I was actually concerned that um, he would uh, have problems with differentiating them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I think he did a good job with that. So Yeah, I, initially I think I had even uh, mentioned in the email when I sent out the script uh, to Pete that we could, you know, uh, pitch the young Freudenberg up a bit and pitch Grandpa Freudenberg down. And Pete was like, no, no, I think I can do it with just my voice. And so uh, did you did you end up modding him at all for those? No, not at all. Well done, yeah, Pete. Well done. The rescue crew eyed the Russian warily, having bought yes, into the it was, propaganda it was nicely that was done. near to fueling a cold war. Oh, no, the cold war. Dun, 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 dun. I must help my comrades. Oh, Harry is so good at that. And so it was that yes, he contacted is. He's very growly. And the familiar voice of Archibald Withersby sailed. But it's so unlike him. That's the best part for yes, me. Is just, I am with Army. <laughs> it's so wrong. Now you're on the trolley. On the trolley. That's a, that's a good good phrase. That's not too. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The Coast Guard put into the nearest naval seems time appropriate. That's what yeah. It was something I found a couple of years back, I think, when I was looking up um, slang from the uh, 30s and 40s, and it was in there, and I thought it was pretty hilarious, and so I've used it in this show a number of times. You've, you've probably heard it before. But, yes. Yeah. Galen, having confirmed the final fate of Neff. And here we are with the everyone is where they're supposed to be. Okay, good. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how writing this bit Coming of the scripts went for each of these. It was like, on. where's everybody? I gotta move them all along. It's like, yeah, moving all the pieces along the chessboard to get them where they gotta be for the end. So, yeah, I just noticed, and I didn't notice this before, um, that uh, Galen's line there was a complete ad lib. So, yay, was it? Good. Yeah, because it, I. I heard sweetheart in the you know and mm-hmm. the line is I'm on my way Dixie but he said I'm you know I'll be right there sweetheart or something like that. Well, see that's that's the sign of a good ad lib. You didn't know ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming the Brigadoon was actually set playing at the Ziegfeld at this time. It was yes. I, that's that's part of my accurate history research at this yes. Point in time at that theater. Um, this was actually July. Well, they mentioned the Independence Day, so it would have been July 4th. Right, right. So, uh, 47, yeah. The Brigadoon was playing at, at that theater. So, yeah, I had I found this whole list of, like, uh, the history of, of shows on all of the Broadway theaters that have been there since, you know, the 30s and 40s. And right. So, uh, there were a couple of different ones to choose from, but that was the most recognizable one. So I, oh, I think that's perfect because yeah. everyone knows Brigadoon yeah. and, and has heard of the Ziegfeld Theater. It began. So this uh, climbing noise I had to hack together. 
It's like a hammer hitting a spike, and then I added some base, uh, like a base thing to it. To oh. Well, that works since he's got like claws and such. Yeah, exactly. Joey, no, no guns. We can't risk hitting the people inside the building. He's right. Never mind the fact that his claws are slicing into the building and cutting people. In. I don't. It's not like his claws are ten feet long. You know, it's just going into the wall. It's like a cat's claws that I'm. Right. Yeah. More like yeah. <laughs> He's not like Wolverine or anything. Adamantium. Unobtainium. Oh wait, wrong movie. Get off that damn building, you muck. Dixie weaved between the buildings and buzzed the beast, determined to shake him off. There was some dispute over the pronunciation of the word mook there. Oh, was there? Yes. How do you pronounce it, Jeffrey? I would say mook, but mook also works. I mean, you know. Okay. I, don't I would think say mook as well. Yeah, it's uh, either way. Bruce? Really. I can't leave you. That's, that's very you know, 70s Vietnam appropriate, yes. We can they won't have to do it all Seconded, honey. I wasn't going to. No. <laughs> Not going there. Yeah. Or die trying. No. <laughs> Trying to get. I like the GUE on that end of that line there. I'll be back as soon as I can. Give Oscar a kiss for me, okay? You bet. Hold the fort, Rocky Battalion. I will return. And with that, I shall return. I will. Oh, forget it. Shall, in the legal sense, means must. Yes. So that geo slip sound, I had to pick between variety. I didn't know Seth had like eight different geo slip sounds. I had no idea. I thought there was just one. But uh, there's short ones and long ones and reversed ones and sh long reversed and short ones. Wow. Crazy. Well, you gotta slip in, you gotta slip out. Yeah. That's what she said. A bro? No. I don't know about no. You know who knows who's a pro with their nose? It is I, the amazing. So this commercial cracked me up. Oh, good. I'm glad. And damn near killed, I think, MC Eric Garcia. Yeah, especially towards the end, she's got some really uh, tough lines to get through. Yeah. yeah. I'm his comely, short-skirted assistant, Miss Fortune Divine. The amazing Miss You know what I noticed, actually, with this one? I believe that Kristen may have re-recorded these lines. Because they're a different pace than previous. Oh, is the pace? See, I didn't know. When I was listening to it, I thought... These sound really cool, and I'm like, maybe I just wasn't listening enough on the earlier ones, but maybe, yeah, I don't know, maybe she redid them. Yeah, the tempo or something is different. And, uh, Rose Pro Nose Blow. Astounding! Won't you tell us more? Yeah, That was pretty impressive from M there. You see, boys and girls. You, won't you should have heard the words she was using in between takes when she was screwing up. It's like a hair curling operation there. Nothing at all. What could be That's what we love about him. Sticking a large plastic applicator up your nostril and coating your schnozzy interior. What could be unpleasant? Well, I don't know. Sticking a large plastic applicator up your—that would be pretty unpleasant. Ah, but therein lies the fun. There's nothing unpleasant and it's also happy. Rose, bro, nose. Will make you get golf clap. Golf clap, I think that was. That was the polite clapping you find on a golf green. Yes. There's some more rhythmic stuff coming up. They don't burn or sting the inside of your nose. 
in nose drops. He sounds like wonderful nose drops. Yes, like most Uncap products, they sound absolutely delightful. You want to run out and try them right away. Well, until M Zero or until Miss Fortune Blind tries them. Yeah. We are smart, so listen to what we sing. Rose Pro Nose Blow. Rose, I, I can't even say that right myself. <laughs> in fact, he, he, he went through that, I mean, like a trooper, because every take was pretty much good. Yeah, well, he might have only said, You'll notice I didn't give myself that line as the answer. There's no way. I, you know what? I couldn't even write it. When I, I, I couldn't remember the order it went in, and what I had every time I had to go back and find it and like copy and paste it back down because I couldn't remember it all. So, Just listen to more of what the amazing Noel has to say. I like your style, Miss Fortune. Ah, yes, putting that little snort in the background was perfect. Yeah. I have to admit, it's, it's hard coming up with uh, some different way to torture Fortune every episode. Oh, yeah? Well, let's see. Yeah, I can't think of everything, but yeah. she's, uh, she's certainly been through the ringer. Yes. The short-skirted trooper. In every way. Every way? Each and, and every. every. For you see, Umket Rose Pro Noseblow will surprise you with the way they look at Oh, it'll surprise you, all right. We can fill our nose with what you don't know. They won awards because they're the best there is. Day at the best, so shoot them up your face. And they are white. There's a lovely turn of phrase. Nicely done. They don't look or taste or smell like medicine. In fact, they smell like roses. I'm looking at the script here as, as we go through this, and I thought it said they smell like horses. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> She's got a lot of singing this episode. Yeah. They've got a lot of singing. There we go. Synchronized clapping. way, way up there. I can almost feel them in my brain. In your brain? Yeah. The, you know, the commercial that I based this off of, where I got the, the concept from it, is they just kept going on about how far up your nose those drops would stay. And I was just like, but what? That far? Really? Your nose isn't that? They were like, it's so far up there. I was like, all right, well. New type. New type. We need to get us some of those. You do! New type. Yes, that's Umket Rose Pro Noseblow. Say that three times fast! <laughs> okay, <laughs> alright. Sure. <laughs> it, it, it went kind of a little bit long, but she did no. so well at just Rose this slow. bit. No. <sighs> okay. Oh, that was her, by the way. That was not, oh. that was not an effect. There you go. <laughs> That's good. I always like it okay. when the actors do their effects. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then I don't have to do them. <laughs> well, that makes it sound a little more authentic, too, especially when yeah, you exactly. know, vocal nose stuff like this with the, yeah, the breathing Rose and all. Joe's throws piccolo. Nice snort there. And remember that a nose drop by any other name. I like the giggles in the background, too. Fantastic. I work with a woman who actually snorts when she laughs, which is bizarre. Oh, this was one of my favorite predictions that I've thrown in. For the human body will be glorified. 
Body design, self-painted. We'll take up most of your free time. That's that sounds pretty exciting, amazing. actually. Yeah, that, that that's I a know. prediction for you right from the amazing Criswell. So, oh, you can thank him. That nice. guy is, oh, this is, is the part that source of, of entertainment. Oh, this is the part that killed me. Ah, the return of the dean. The dean. Can this advertisement contain two titans of intellectualism at once? Let's hope. We're very can. happy to, to finally like bring him back. Amazing Noel yes. divine for you this fine day. I dare say oh, here it comes. <laughs> here it comes. How dare you? Swamping. There's a term of art. The tape? Are you sure he's not using an Umket self-winding elkograph? The tape has 60 hertz hum. That's important. Okay. Anywhere. I predict that people will be so this is this this prediction is not one that they had previewed you did on a previous show right no it is oh it is I don't remember yes back last season during 1946 he, he made this prediction that in 1947 there, there would be no land left and people would be cremated into roughly the size of dice and so that uh, was always my intention that you know when you get to 47 people are going to realize you know what that didn't ever happen so yeah um, uh, um, catch Rose Pro Nose Blows emulsified. I have to go. <laughs> that kills me. Every time I listen to it. It arrives in the skies over Southern California. So, uh, I think this is the scene that we started doing things differently. First of all, I want to talk about the engine engine giving out here. Basically, what I did is I have a, you know, the interior of the cockpit sound that Bruce, or Seth gave me, and I would just overlap it and have it fade in and out based on the overlapping, and so that's what makes it sound like the engine's giving out here. Then, uh, so Bruce, previously I Bruce had been doing the commercials and the credits, right? And uh, I had been doing the main episode. With this scene, uh, Bruce did the timing, and I and take selection, and I did all the effects and, and all the all the other stuff and music. And uh, I think that's how we're going to continue on from now on because it worked out really well. Uh, you, you don't mind my take selection, and you're really good at sticking the effects in the right place. <laughs> Ow. And, uh, and the music selection because, after all, I think we've had. You, you've told me about my music selection before, and, and you don't really care for it, so there you go. I mean, that's a good choice. I don't generally have a problem with your music selection. There are some things I would do differently, but that's the whole point of being different directors. Well, no, and actually, you, you, you had very constructive advice. And, and therefore, I'm very happy letting you drive this one because this is actually really hard music to select. It has to really fit the genre, and it has to be public domain. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really tough stuff to find. You have to go through all those old, you know, radio shows, uh, the GI Drive stuff, and what have you to find all those. Yeah. And then and then just going through them is enough work, but to find something that just happens to be in you know the, the right mood that you're looking for and everything. And, right. Yeah, right. It's a lot of work. And this is, of course. Um, Sort of a uh, uh, echo bookend of, uh, like, I don't know if it was the very first scene, but one of the very first scenes from the very first episode. It was the first uh, McGuff-Dixie scene. Uh, it started off with McGuff typing just like that and Dixie barging in. And 
Oh, uh, that's so. And let you run the battalion without me. Him typing sounds, sounds like me Friday typing. If you didn't threaten them. <laughs> I thought I'd throw you one for old times' sake. Well, as evidenced by our pre-commentary discussion in IM there, you can tell how well I type. The LaRue ladies on Esmeralda took her kids to the park. There's some Independence Day festivities or oh, something crap, I just spilled down drink there on myself. to celebrate our independence. Oh. Now, I don't remember because I wrote this uh, quite a while ago now, but I believe, like, when I checked, it was a, uh, when he said it wouldn't be Friday if Dixie didn't threaten to quit, which is also a line from uh, way back in the first season. Uh, It was July 4th, the July 4th was a Friday in uh, 1947. I I believed so, because I checked on that to make sure, so I I think that was the case. You should get a job doing fact-checking for uh, John Stewart. Uh Uh-huh. Fact checking for anybody. Well, no, I mean, just, well, just because John Stewart usually embarrasses the networks by fact checking better than anybody else. I can see what I see. Believe me, it was such a pain in the butt doing it for myself. There's no way I'm ever doing it for anybody else. Uh, he might pay real money. <laughs> just, just saying. Yeah. I'm saying I think his daddy's the pretty one. I like that. Nice blow. Uh, this this so scene is pretty funny too, with the uh, the beer bottle and the pajamas. <laughs> uh, yeah, the pajamas came from. Uh, I think it was another first season episode where Frank uh, came out of his office in his pajamas because he sleeps in his office. That's just where mm-hmm. Frank is. Uh, but the beer bottle, uh, uh, credit where it's due, that idea came from Susan. She thought, wouldn't it be funny? And I'm like, yes, that that would be funny. So on on it went. So well, good job, Susan. Yeah. Is this the one that Bill had way back when? Yeah, works like a charm. Here. You keep it, Dix. It's all brassy and whatnot. Yeah. It's only right. Thanks, Frank. So how long <laughs> are you back for, Dix? Whatnot. That's the, a word the, for you. The, the, the brassy part's a nice little touch, you know. Meanwhile, out in front of the hangar, Frydenberg dropped his goggles into place. Fired up his welding toy. Goggles snapped on it. Count a set of sound effect. Is that rah, 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 rah. Anything he couldn't repair. And time constraint or no, he was going to be sure Dixie could get back to doing what she did best as soon as human. I think possible. I actually didn't I put that effect in there for you. To say about it, uh, I don't know. Uh, if you did, I took it out and put a new one in. Wow. Sorry, but. I think you put these effects in the uh, the, uh, the work language. I know. And the one who built it in. It's an optional feature on most robots, you know. It's like undercoating, but more practical. To work, then. To that. And as they worked, <laughs> Ferdenberg was reminded... I have to say, I love... Whenever so you give is, me sound effects cues that are the magic of radio building the shit on stuff, excuse me. <laughs> so much for the PG rating of this <laughs> commentary. Uh, I, I can blip that for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I know Jeffrey has left in swear words on the Superman commentary, so I'm less worried about it. Um, uh, I love doing sound effects of building stuff, because I just throw in random tool noises. I, mean, I think there was a, a, a power drill and a saw and a hammer and a ratchet thing. Oh, see, if I'd known, you know, I would have thrown a few more of this in before the end of the show, before I finished the script. Now look what you went and did. Yeah, really. Well, he's done now, isn't he? Yep, yep, yep. yep. It's all done. So. I, I want to mention this, since we already passed it. I, I loved that uh, the sound of the clock breaking, that little spraying. 
Uh, Bruce put that one in. Crack so me up. Credit. Well done. Cartoon boy. I love cartoon sounds. I don't know why. Yeah, I just... For the first time, Friedemann walked through the garage that was more than a workshop. Yeah, I, yeah I've noticed you put a few one. cartoon noises in every episode, and then we have to take them out. Just kidding. I like Freedom them in the in the the part, you know, especially during the commercials, because they seem stuff. sort of uh, uh, almost like a cartoon in a way. I mean, yeah, it's like Roadrunner does nose drops, you know. One day Germany will not be safe for free thinkers like us. Knowing English will give you freedom. Yes, sir. Now then, what is it, boy? Grandpa Freudenberg. Must be an ad for the pink swastika. I accidentally broke the cuckoo clock. Is that so? Yeah. Well, just noticed that maybe we didn't have the tinkering in properly, but that's all right. Sounds good. Oh, I do not think that will work. No, not at all. That was a priceless heirloom. I'm sorry. I will work as long as it takes. I... You will do nothing of the kind. You will fix it. But, but I don't know how. Perfect music timing, so, by the way. You will learn. Yeah, that was. Uh, so Freedom spent hours. Uh, I think an accident of chance, but no, it was all intentional. <laughs> no, it was brilliant. Damn it, brilliant. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm more than happy to take credit for luck. You know. Was born. I, I, I do have to say that I've I've looked into cuckoo clocks and they are really and then, complex really? products. Yes, they're difficult to repair. So all oh, them the little bellowy thingies. You got clock mechanics. Yeah, they have to be very specifically balanced in a certain way. And they even took on work for hire. Has this auto? I don't know. Here we go. The tie-in. Here we go with more. Uh, yes, more tinkery buildy noises. More tinkery noises. I don't know why he'd be hammering on wood to make a robot, but hey, whatever works. You sort of everything. Now to ship it out to America. Voice templates for future use. America sounds delightful. If ever the day comes, my boy, when you must leave Chile, let that be the place you go. Chase your dreams and continue to do what is right. In no time. I'm sure you will have good friends. A beautiful and talented, possibly red-headed wife, and eventually <laughs> mm, little redheads. <laughs> ah, it's everything I ever wanted. He works quick. He does. touches on his work back outside the main hangar at Aeroquest Dynamics. He was sure Grandpa Furnberg would be proud. Aha! <laughs> You just remember, Oscar. Mama loves you. Miss Dixie, the Amber Avenger is ready to go. My hero. Mm. She's going soft. You just said what I just softy. said. Oh, Dixie, she's such a softy. Don't let her hear I said that. <laughs> She'll slug you. Production has starred Renee Christine Jones as Dixie's dad. I had a little trouble with the music on this to time it just right, so that's why there's only a little bit before before Seth starts talking. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. I didn't want to throw in like a five-second blip of some other music before it. Jeremiah McCoy as Archibald Williams. Yeah, that would have been too jarring. You're worried more concerned with the crying baby than with the whining child? Yes, right. 
Wait a minute. Which one am I? Take your pick. I really don't like either of those options. Pete Mylan as Freudenberg. You do not care what you like. This was my flashy backy episode. Don't you ruin it for me. Nice trill on the R there. Robert Sims Pearson. Anthony Pacelli as Joey Scalzetti. And back in the air. Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. And we'll give that. That's actually kind of a long episode, isn't it? Perry Whittle uh, has been in the Yeah, it's, it's up there. Uh, we've had a bunch that have gone over Alicia a little Lane over Matheson 30, but yeah, it's, it's one of the longer ones. In, in, a, in a while, I think, anyway. I don't really yeah. remember yeah. the I don't have the <laughs> other episodes up, so we could be completely wrong. What Justin do we know? Dobby as Volker. Yeah. yeah, we're here too. Oh, we ain't going to forget about you. We will crash you too. <laughs> There's no stopping us. The Beast, Scar, it doesn't matter. Brassy Battalion is here to keep the world safe. Ah, I love you guys. You know that? May I never live to see the day I see this again, but <laughs> I was right. Dixie is going soft. You just try me, Bill. This was about me! Oh man, that like pierced my eardrums. Believe me, I know. Can I help it if I get more end credit lines? May the best villain win. We shall have words. <laughs> words. I, I got words for you. What are you going to do? Enunciate at me? If you could do that, I gotta say, Steve Anderson uh, enunciates very clearly, so it would be difficult <laughs> to out-enunciate him. Wow, I never got to have more than one role in an episode Yes, he's always before. very, very Pete precise Milan, in his Grandpa Freudenberg. speech. Yeah, which I think is perfect role. for the role, yes, of course. Yes, it's still very slightly well. Slightly older and slightly younger. Don't take this away from me. The truth hurts, Freedman. The truth hurts. Why, other other ad-lib from Pete. Why? You were getting along so well. Gentlemen, please. I think we can all of us agree that Pete Mylan is a fine actor. <laughs> Just amuses me to have Pete arguing with himself and then uh, complimenting yes. himself uh, in the credits. Yes. So. Kristen Mays as the Umket triplets. Three Freudenbergs and they're all cute. What for each of us? I'll pass. The rest mm, of you had so. better pass too. He spoke. Mm. Are we saying something about the third triplet there? I, I no. may have been saying something about the third triplet all along, but who knows? Yeah. Ciro Garcia as Miss Fortune Divine. It's too bad there's there's no actual mention I think in the entire show about the third triplet having a mullet. So that's sad. Hello. No, no, the mullet that would be completely anachronistic. Not in the forties. Because, <laughs> you know, this show, you know, only mentions Wikipedia, so how dare we have a mullet? <laughs> I'm very particular in the things that I will, you know, break out of the 40s for. I put in, you know, the exact show that's playing in the theater on the exact date, but yeah, right. then I throw in Wikipedia, so I don't know. There's no explaining Amanda me. Amanda Fitzwater as Nebulon 2000. What about where did I come from? Either. Now, where did Nebulon 2000 come from? I wonder. A question for the ages. Yes. Sam Young as the Beast. Well, we're almost at the end here. We are. So, I uh, will prepare the goodbyes. Yeah, don't be stepping on Jeffrey's credit now. Stay tuned next time as evil is afoot. Only at Pendant Audio. 
So we've only got three more to go. Three so more. Yes, that's exciting. It is. And things are heating up, too. I gotta say, I, having read this final scripts here, pay attention, people, because you don't want to miss it. Yeah, what that guy said. <laughs> Thanks. Fly dung squirts. Stay safe, America, and good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, we still have a few more seconds here. Written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Bill matter. Fisher, assistant director Bruce Busby. Umkit we can't talk over our credits. Stenberg and yes. Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2010, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit pendantaudio.com. I love it when he does my job for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, America.